Before we begin, we'd like to invite you to check out the Pop Culture Preservation Society on Patreon. Patreon is a platform that allows artists and creators to earn a recurring income by providing rewards and perks to its subscribers. When you support the PCPS on Patreon, your donation goes directly to our operational expenses and keeps us from going broke at work. And in exchange, our supporters get bonus videos of our recordings, custom retro images to download and print, invitations to Zoom events with your hosts, and more. Patreon is our only source of income, and we thank you for helping us do this job we love. To learn more, go to patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com, and put Pop Culture Preservation Society into the search bar. Thanks so much, and please enjoy the show. So we had the film, which in the case of an Instamatic was, you didn't have to, um, you know, thread it through. It was, if oh, you was remember, they cassette, were like, like looked cartridge. like ovaries. Yes, I it was in my mind. And you just clicked it in. And it just <laughs> like ovaries. <laughs> Hello world, there's a song that we're singing. Come on, get happy. A whole lot of loving is what we'll be bringing. We'll make you happy. Welcome to the Pop Culture Preservation Society, the podcast for people born in the big wheel generation who didn't hide when someone knocked on the front door. <laughs> we believe our Gen X childhoods gave us unforgettable songs, stories, characters, and images. And if we don't talk about them, they'll disappear, like Marshall, Will, and Holly on a routine expedition. And today, we'll be saving the perfectly normal things from our Gen X childhoods that sound unimaginable, inconceivable, and positively dystopian to kids today. A phone book? What the hell is a phone book? Stay tuned, kids, and find out just how tough your parents had to be to survive the dark ages. I'm Carolyn. I'm Kristen. And I'm Michelle. And we are your pop culture preservationists. This is a long time coming, and it comes directly from the questions we get from our children. What's a phone book? Where does the stamp go? And what is this folded paper thing with roads on it? (laughs) Most of our kids grew up in an era that differed so vastly from ours that our childhood would be positively unfathomable to them, as if they might die if they had to live the way we did, with no GPS, no cell phones, no internet. But mostly, they can't even envision it. They're not like, oh, I'm so happy I have this convenience so I can take pictures every minute of every day of my life with no sense of scarcity. Instead, they can't conceive that it's ever been any other way. Life is never going back to the pre-internet slash pre-cell phone era, and our kids have no concept of how we survived. Mm -mm. Are we happy about that? Like, are we, you know, is that a good thing? Or Because sometimes I wonder about that. I honest to goodness cannot remember how I found my way around like a new city. Like I think I know, back and I, I think back to 19, I had to think about it. 1996, we moved to uh, Bloomington, Indiana. And my husband was working like an internship up in Indianapolis. And it was like an hour. And I remember one day he's like, meet me for lunch. And I was like, sure. Okay. How did I get to, his, to the mm-hmm. lunch spot? How did I find parking? I honestly don't know. Oh, that's coming. Because I literally had to sit down and go, Think, Kristen, how did this go? Because it's so analog and it's and we've become so thoughtless about how we do things nowadays that we can barely remember how we did it before. Right. And I did think I our it brains are probably shrinking because of that in yes, some ways. Because I you agree. really had to be do some logistics in your head when you were traveling mm-hmm. without a map. And now you're just listening to that voice 
turn oh, right at the next stop sign mm-hmm. or I think whatever. that's my favorite thing about new technology is like Google Maps or whatever. Mm-hmm. That, mm-hmm. Because, you know, I just moved to a new city a couple of months ago. My life depends on my Google Maps, my Apple mm-hmm. Maps. I don't know how to get anywhere without it. I think I remember my sister one time showing me she was moving and she needed to get from, I mean, oh my gosh, I don't even know. Let's just say like Dallas to somewhere in Georgia. And she showed me she had a stack of index cards and she had directions written one at a time. Mm -hmm. It was like, you know, I-90, 260 miles. And and then she'd take it and flip it to the next one. And then I think, well, then we were like looking down when we right. were, it were we reading. When we, did mm-hmm. I write directions down on a pad of paper? I didn't get out a map while I was driving. There's no doubt that most of what we are dealing with here are things that make our lives more convenient. That is true. But sometimes in handing us that convenience, it takes away something else. Like, like Carolyn said, using your brain <laughs> mm-hmm. or anticipating something or enjoying something because you know you don't have full access to it all the time. So there's a little bit of joy that gets lost in the translation. When you have to sit and wait for your song on the radio, you probably enjoy that experience a hell of a lot more than when you just have anything you want whenever you right. want. You probably yeah. got introduced to different songs too while you were waiting. You didn't That's just right. like speed through and just listen to the ones you knew and wanted to hear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe. I think that there are definitely some things that I miss, but I think overwhelmingly I like things better now mm-hmm. than I did then. Just I love the um, immediacy and the convenience of things. But regardless of if it's better or worse, we thought it would be fun to crowdsource this idea and presented our social media followers this prompt. Name some things we experienced in our Gen X childhood that our own kids will never understand. And you guys clearly had been thinking of this very topic for a long time because, man, did you immediately have things, so many things, things the three of us hadn't even thought of. They were amazing. And so we decided to just base this entire episode on many of your responses. So thank you, everyone, for pretty much writing this outline and this episode Mm -hmm. for us. (laughs) Yes, you guys. What we are going to do right now is just bring up some of those things you mentioned, and we're just going to chat about them like we're some old women at the Early Bird Buffet talking about the olden days. And this, this, ladies and gentlemen, is why I started this podcast, why I wanted to do it. That's right. I wanted to sit and just riff about these things that we don't have anymore and we miss and laugh about them and maybe, you know, get a little teary about some of them. But uh, this, this is why. So I'm so excited for today's episode. to bring up a topic that uh, resonated with our listeners. Anything about smoking, you guys. Smoking, (laughs) smoking, smoking. Oh my gosh. But the thing that got me, and I just chuckled, 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 was ashtrays. Ashtrays as decor. Uh Like, I can remember the ceramic ashtrays in um, in my home growing up. Like there was one shaped like a pineapple. And you were going to say that. Yes. Mm-hmm. And we would also make them. They were a very popular gift oh, to yes. create with that clay. Like in, in pottery. Yes, uh-huh. in pottery class. And then you'd paint it and glaze yes, it. Yes, and glaze yeah. it. Uh-huh. Oh, my gosh. And one of our followers shared <laughs> that she remembers making them in vacation Bible school. <laughs> 
to make sure you don't ash on the carpet. I guess that just that made me laugh so hard, and then just put me down that um, that memory lane of ashtrays. Oh my yeah, my parents did not smoke, and no. we had ashtrays. Oh, out. Yes, same. I mean, it was part of the coffee table decor. That's right. 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 Well, if you had company over, like at a cocktail party or something, you might have company that smoked. No Mm -hmm. one in my house smoked, and I probably still made them as gifts to (laughs) give to the non-smokers. The assumption that, yeah, everybody smoked or knew a smoker, so let's all um, make those. And I remember in the like pottery class or whatever, putting my finger in between (laughs) to make the places where the cigarette would rest. Yeah. Well, and think of how they were almost like little pieces of art. Can you guys picture the ones with like almost like the little bean bag at the bottom that you would take camping? Maybe those were your camping ashtrays or the ones that stood on a, stood on a stand. So those could go right next to the couch. So you didn't have to lean forward. You didn't want to have to lean forward and tap your, and then just remember in every car you had the little pull out on the side, my ours was always filled with like chewing gum and stuff. I would stuff them with trash, like Kleenex. Oh and yeah, stuff it was like a little that. garbage can. It was right. a little garbage can, it was a tiny little two inch by two inch garbage can. Yeah, oh, and you guys, I have to tell you, since neither of your um, parents smoked, mine did. And the nastiest thing to do was be to clean the ashtrays. Oh, I never thought some, of that. I know, which would sometimes somehow be my job, which seems just really awful. But yeah, you'd have to like go dump it in the trash can, all the butts and everything. And then you'd have to wash it like with some dish detergent and get your mm. hands oh. in there. Yeah. I was going to uh, bring up too, one thing as a child who was super sensitive to smoke and we flew on airplanes a lot. Oh God. And so we always would have our tickets in the non-smoking section, but you know, when you're <laughs> yeah. trapped in an airplane and the first 10 rows are smoking and they were always at the front. So the smoke just wafted back to you, you know? <sighs> and so I just think it's so funny that there was a smoking section on the airplane when basically the whole thing was just, just a smoke filled Basically, yeah, a tube. Do you remember when you would go to a restaurant and the hostess would say, smoking or non? Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, smoking gosh. Yeah. And it doesn't and matter. No, we're all – and so my <laughs> mom was super judgy about smokers and smoking. And so my mom is the one sitting in the smoking section holding her nose like this. Mm-hmm. Well, let's rewind it a little bit because really when we were young, there wasn't a choice. It wasn't there wasn't smoking or there non-smoking. Wasn't smoking for, or not? No, not for a not for a while. Oh, at least kidding. yeah, probably well, and not. you know what? I think it's also state by state. That might be a state okay, regulation. I'm in so, California, right? Yeah, so California, Minnesota. I got all the hippies. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. exactly. So I just remember it always um being, you know, smoking everywhere. And so again, I never gave it a second thought that I might have smelled like that because so many of the places that mm-hmm. we went allowed smoking. I mean, yep. think about it. You could smoke in hospitals. You could smoke yeah. in movies. Yeah. Yes. Movies. Oh, oh my God. Doctor's offices okay, in the waiting rooms. You there's could just be like very smoking cigarettes. Famous yeah. movie theater that the people in, who grew up in the Twin Cities are gonna know what I'm talking about. It was called the Cooper Theater, and it was round. The whole building was round. And the thing that was famous about the Cooper Theater was that it had these little pods. You had your seating area, right? The theater seating. But then there were these little space age Jetson like pods that were elevated off to the side with, with like lounge chairs, like mid century lounge chairs and ashtrays. That was for the smokers. Mm-hmm. Well, that's kind of cool. Special seating. Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. I think the thing that blows my kid's mind today, if we're going back to what do our kids not understand, that that is very foreign to them, imagining people could smoke on an airplane or whatever. But imagine this. You're in high school. 
walking from, I don't know, biology to algebra, which are in Mm -hmm. totally separate buildings. And to get there, you have to walk through a cloud of smoke, cigarette smoke, which is not from the open windows of the teacher's lounge (laughs) where they all went to smoke. No, it's from the smoking section of your high school, the area that Mm -hmm. was designated for student smokers to, you guessed it, smoke cigarettes at school. And so I would I'm walk dying right now. all the way back around like buildings. Like I would walk so far out of my way because it was like, well, sure, that's this. It pictured like freaks and geeks where they're like off, yeah. like in a remote area that almost has like a fence around it. The smoking section at our um, high school in Richfield High School in Washington was right in the middle of the path you had to go to get from one building to another. Well, you guys we were definitely not allowed to smoke in high school. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. This sure. was 1983, 84. And then I moved to Swero High School in Scottsdale, Arizona. And there was a smoking section there, I think, the first oh year I was there. But then by the time I was a senior, there wasn't. Well, I'm going to trump all of you. Um, we did have a smoking section. Only seniors could smoke, though. Interesting. <laughs> it was indoors. So it was right off of the cafeteria. So if you wanted to use the bathroom in like right near the cafeteria, you had to walk through the smoking section. And I will trump probably a lot of people, except those that maybe um, listen who went to Bishop Eustace Prep. We had teachers that smoked while they were teaching. (laughs) Yes. They had an ashtray up on the desk. I know. And my friend Cindy recalls, you know, when you would do like the reading where you'd go up and down the, you know, the rows and read out of the textbook and she would maybe be not paying attention. And she remembers one of our our teachers flicking his cigarette (gasps) ash into her textbook. Oh my God. This is, I'm like one of the Gen Z kids right now. I am freaking out. Well, think about it. The campaign for anti-smoking really mm-hmm. kind of started to kick up actually in the 70s. So yeah, um, I think I've shared with you guys before, we'd be in health and they'd have this lung that came in mm-hmm. like a plexiglass box. That. And yeah, it was like, that. this is a smoker's lung. This is a healthy lung. Mm-hmm. And again, as I've just said, my parents smoked, um, all their friends smoked. So you would go home with this knowledge of, oh my gosh, my parents' lungs look like that. I would hide my parents' cigarettes from them, and then I'd get in a lot of trouble. Probably one of the most successful health campaigns ever done. Think about that. And it's stuck. And it's stuck. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, The good old days. Right. Making me literally (laughs) nauseous. So I'm going to move on uh, to something that when we first decided to do this episode, I was talking to Brian about, I was asking him, what are some of the things that you remember that, you know, nobody knows today or our kids don't know today? And this one we both thought of, and we had so much fun uh, sharing and remembering this. Um, So, you know, when we wanted to go see a movie, which was all the time, because that is what we did. Mm -hmm. How did we know what was showing, where it was showing, or what time it was showing? Well, one of two ways. There was this thing called a newspaper that -hmm. some people got delivered to their homes each morning, and it had a section devoted to movie times. But the best part was that it was a two-page spread of movie ads with like the little tiny pictures of the stars or whatever the movie poster was Mm -hmm. with the locations and times and teeny tiny writing and a little grid below it. You guys, I swear I would read 
that two page spread like it was literature. Oh, like absolutely. even if I wasn't yes. going to the movies, I studied those movie posters because we we didn't get to see That's them how other you places. Found out what movies were out there, and they had a little tagline and a picture, and it has said who it was starring. Yes. And so that's how you decided. Yep. Oh, I really want to see Star Wars. And so underneath it would be the main theaters it was showing, but then over on the side there would just be another page that just had all the theaters because also there was a lot more movie theaters right. than there are yeah. today. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you didn't get the newspaper, which we didn't all the time, what do you do? Well, we had these things called telephones that you'd actually <laughs> use. Like you'd hold it against your ear <laughs> instead of looking at it. Um, and you'd call the theater close to your house. And there was a recording of all the movies showing with the movie times. But if you got distracted because you were waiting oh. for your movie, but then you got distracted and you started to talk to someone or you were doodling on your paper and you missed the movie you were interested in, you had to hang up, you had to call, and you had to go round the horn. You had to listen to that whole damn the recording whole again and raise your hand if you know for sure many times you had to call and listen three or four times. Oh, raising for sure. hands, raising hands yes. because yeah, exactly. I know listeners are too because you got distracted or you were listening for a certain movie but then you'd get distracted by one before it and you'd be like, oh, oh, that one's showing too. Oh, uh-huh. And you'd try to find a pen uh-huh. to write it down. It keeps on moving. Well, and you remember my Glen Theater. <laughs> I was just <laughs> thinking that. When I, I lived in Glen Ellen, Illinois. And so this is early 90s or mid 90s. We're still calling the movie theater in the 90s to yeah. find out what movies oh, there yeah. are. And the guy who owned the Glen Theater in Glen Ellen, Illinois, he was not from Illinois. I think he was from New Jersey. <laughs> and the recording would go, Thank you for calling the Glen Theater. In Theater One, Romeo and Juliet. And I just, the one that I will never forget is in Theater Four, Dad Don Cat. Dad Don Cat. Dad Don Cat. In Theater Four, Dad Don Cat. Now, that's one thing I miss. This is I one do thing too. I miss. And I really yes. miss looking at all those movie ads in one place, those movie posters. Well, just the ease of it. I cannot tell you how many times recently where I've been like, huh, what movie should I go see? And where do I even begin? I don't have a source. So I'm just going to start Googling how much I would love to just grab the variety section of the newspaper and open it. Mm-hmm. And just look at the pictures. And then, oh, look, it's at the Adina Theater at 4 o'clock. Let's go. Mm-hmm. I I long for that. That is so much easier than what I do now. Tapping, tapping, tapping. No, no, I didn't mean Southdale. I meant Edina. Oh, God, what is that? And you could also compare. So, like, if you happen to live kind of in, you know, the epicenter of maybe four or five theaters that were all about the same distance from you, Mm -hmm. you could look down and you could compare when times they were showing. Now, those are different websites you have to go on. You have to go into the Edina movie website, the whatever. So, also, I just think it was the experience, uh, the very tactile experience. Those are the things I miss. It was the opening that, pe- that paper yeah. mm-hmm. and, and you know, the three of us, and I know lots of you listening, we're all big um, fans of things like that. Like people magazine type, you know, teen, you know, Tiger Beat magazine. We like pictures. Yes, we like we pictures do. of celebrities. We like movie ads. We like that. Yeah. That's part of it for me. And then do you remember movie phone? Did you ever call movie phone? Yes. And there's yeah. the, that's <laughs> you right. would call, you would call movie phone, which was like, Four 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 four, and they and it would be automated, and they would say four that darn cat, 
press one for Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Press two. And then it would tell you all of the theaters that had that movie and the times. And of course, if you guys are Seinfeld fans, you remember when Kramer accidentally got the movie phone number <laughs> transferred to his phone and he just decided to be movie just phone. Just do it. Yes. Yeah, right. He's going, why don't you just tell me what movie you would like to see? <laughs> Hello and welcome to movie phone. If you know the name of the movie you'd like to see, press one. Come on, come on. Using your touchtone keypad, please enter the first three letters of the movie title now. You've selected Agent Zero. If that's correct, press one. What? Uh, you've selected Brown-Eyed Girl. If this is correct, press one. Why don't you just tell me the name of the movie you select? Okay, so here's here's something to think about. So I watch how Liam listens to music, and it is not leisurely. Liam pulling up a song on Spotify is like an activity. He has access to any song, all the songs, anytime, day or night, at the drop of a hat. But he'll pull up a song, stop it, go to another song, change his mind, no, not that one, whatever, on and on, ad infinitum. And there's great dissatisfaction in that act. And I said to him, like, do you know what I had to do when I was a kid if I wanted to listen to a song that I liked? If you want to listen to a song, here's what you have to do. Number one, wait. You just have to listen <laughs> to the radio and pray. That's all you can do. Unless, number two, you like that song so much that you save your allowance for five weeks. Because you probably get a dollar a week for allowance. And after five weeks, you'll have $5. And then on the weekend, you'll ask your mom to drop you off at the mall where you will buy the album that that song is on for $4.99. You've never heard any of the other songs on the album. But if you want to hear that song, you'll just have to take that chance. Or there's one more option. Number three, if you happen to have a tape recorder... You could go back to number one, which is wait, and you sit next to the radio with your tape recorder, and when your song comes on, you quickly press play and record at the same time, <laughs> as fast as you can. Kunk, kunk. You won't get the beginning of the song. No. It'll be cut off. But, you know, these are just the sacrifices that you make, and you will love listening to that song whenever you want, even though it goes kunk, kunk, and cuts <laughs> off the beginning of it. But I just feel like that there's an example of a convenience like the ultimate convenience, mm -hmm. right? And it would be very hard for a kid who listens to music that way today to argue that that's a bad thing. Mm -hmm. I have everything I want. Yeah. Whenever I want. I don't know. They sure don't look happy to me. Well, and I feel like I'm so mixed on this one because, mm -hmm. uh, Carolyn, like you said uh, back at the beginning about music and waiting and everything you just described, Kristen, I can go back to even, oh, gosh, probably around the year 2000, um, so it's not like, you guys, I want to say it's not that long ago, but oh, it's like no. a, a per, it's like an adult ago. Oh no. The people who were it's born then are now adults. It's an adult ago. <laughs> <laughs> That's my new favorite expression. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, here's the story. There was a song. You guys know the song. It's called The Promise. It's by a band called Win in Rome. I'm sorry, but I'm just saying. I know they don't sound the way I planned them to be. So... 
this was a song that my husband and I loved in college in like, night. let's say 1988, 89. We're dating. But like you said, Kristen, that when it would come on the radio, we would turn it up. We loved it. We loved it. So let's fast forward to about the year 2000. You know, MP3 players are starting at like iPods and stuff like that. I don't have one, so I don't have this <laughs> capability yet. For some reason, that song, I thought of it and I hadn't thought of it in, you know, a decade or more. And I couldn't remember what it was called, who it was. I could only remember parts of the words and I couldn't remember the chorus. And it was driving me crazy. About two days later, my husband comes in and yes, he had used a computer and he had Googled something, but he had printed off the lyrics of the song. That's it. I didn't have a way to hear the song because we didn't have Spotify or anything Mm -hmm. yet. And just reading the words to the song, I could hear it in my head. And you guys, I started crying. Oh, God. I broke into tears because I got so, I welled Mm -hmm. up with this nostalgic feeling of being 19 years old and dating him and driving around in his crappy Toyota and us holding hands, listening to the song. We It just brought me back to that like dating feeling or something. I don't know. It was so nostalgic. I got so emotional. Without hearing it, I could start singing it. But because I hadn't heard it, in so long and I didn't have access to it, it was just this magical moment for me. And then very quickly, the years pass, <laughs> 2005, six, seven. Anyway, you st- we all start getting what? MP3 players and iPods. Yep. And I thought that was the, gr- oh my God, I can listen to, you know, The Promise anytime I want. And now, yes, when it comes on a playlist, I love it, but I don't get that feeling oh, anymore. Oh, see, that's significant, Michelle. That shows that scarcity actually helps us feel something Mm -hmm. that we don't have access to otherwise. So it's almost like that access to things all the time, it robs us of a little bit of joy. It takes So we have a joy. We have access to a joy that our children do not have access to. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Absolutely. talked about it before, just the the listening, like let's say you do make, get the $5 and you go mm-hmm. and buy the, the album. Uh, just the act of listening to an album and the process of taking it out, you know, out of the sleeve yes. and putting it on the turntable. Mm-hmm. Yes. And if you did listen, you know, all the way through, it kind of told a story. And if you had a gatefold album, you had stuff to look at while you were um, listening to the music. It was, it was an experience not just a, oh, I want to listen to this song. It was it's an activity. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. It's something that we were doing. It was not something that was happening in the background right. while we, we did were actively things. involved in it, not yeah. passively involved. Well, what you just said, Carolyn, if it had a gatefold album, you could look at it while you were listening. When is the last time you sat down yes. and just looked at the album cover? Or if you're just listening on Spotify, just sat and listen to the lyrics of a song and thought, no, mm-hmm. what are we doing? We're doing the dishes. We're running around. We're right. outside mm-hmm. walking. We're we're doing something else. We're driving. We're nobody. And just when you're sits. reading that album, you can see that Joe Walsh played guitar on Shadow Dancing. I mean, that's good information. <laughs> yeah. But when you're just doing the dishes, you don't have access to that. I mean, that's the kind of information that will give Carolyn nipple lightning, right? Mm-hmm. Like, whoa, Joe <laughs> right. Walsh. Guess who his godfather is? Yes. 
I don't know, but I bet it's going to be great. It's going to be somebody John good. Sebastian. <laughs> there's one, um, there is one other, the very short-lived form of buying a single song. We, of course, could buy 45s, mm-hmm. but that you still have to save your allowance for sure. one week and yeah. then get your mom to drop you off at the mall. But Amy on Instagram commented, she said, I told my daughter that I owned a casingle. Of a song that we had heard, which was, by the way, I'm too sexy for this shit. Oh, too song, sexy for Amy. this, right? Yeah. And she had her her daughter's like, what's that word you just said? I love the word casingle. I don't know that word. You don't know a casingle? Is it a cassette that's a 45? Yes. I don't a, think I ever it's owned a one. a single song on a cassette, Mm-mm. and it was called a casingle. I owned <laughs> albums that are just the one song. Like, I still have my Wild Boys, my Duran Duran yeah. Wild Boys. Um, the one, LP. Single LP, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Wow. Well, you know, the more you know. The more you know. Yeah. yeah. Never too late to st- keep learning. That's right. I'm too sexy for my car. Too sexy for my car. Too sexy by far. And I'm too sexy. Okay, a very, very popular topic that came up from our listeners and followers had to do with that ancient piece of machinery called the telephone. 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 Okay, everybody. So many memories associated with that and things that our children will never, ever experience. And I just want to share some that I was kind of hooskerdude with when I came across them, when our listeners and followers shared them. One I just loved. It said, we will never have the satisfaction of slamming down the phone for (gasps) emphasis at the end of a call. That's fantastic. <laughs> Boom. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. That you was... You can't, like, tap it super hard. Did you tap ever, your phone Did you ever pick hard. it up and slam it a couple times? Yes. Oh, yes. Slam it <laughs> <laughs> did you ever pick it up to see if there was a dial tone because you were waiting for a call that hadn't co- yes. come yet, like, from your <sighs> boyfriend, and you're like, oh, maybe the phone isn't working. It's I'm broken. It's broken. All the time. And, and then if you, if got you picked the... it up... <laughs> but if you heard the dial tone, you'd take your fingers, and if it was, a, if it was on the wall, you would push that little thing in the middle. Did, 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 oh, yeah. Did, did, yeah, yeah, yeah. But if it was the type that hung up, you know, that sat on like the table, it had the two little kind yeah. of knob, knobby things that Knobs came up on the that side. stuck up. Yeah. yeah. And you'd hit those oh, to make sure. You <laughs> poke, poke, poke. Yeah. Yep. Poke, poke, poke. Which on sometimes <laughs> like on TV, which never worked in real life, but you know, sometimes they would do that and then like they'd get somebody. They'd be like pushing it oh, out. Oh, Sarah. Hello. They would Hello. talk to Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> they'd just be pushing that thing down over and over. Sarah, can you connect me with the sheriff? <laughs> Okay, well, and think about like the and maybe this is what you're gonna say. Oh no, go ahead. We use the word, we still say hang up. We hang up the phone. We're not we're not hanging anything no. on anything anymore. You're right. No. Yes. But it came from the, when the those big old telephones were on the wall and you hung it in a little cradle. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. But we, we should say we poke it off. So I poked off. We turn you then, off. Yeah. 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 Poke yeah. off. That sounds <laughs> I like poke off. <laughs> sounds like something else. Um Another thing I thought was um, a good memory was our children and any child going forward will not know what just a seven-digit phone number is. We did oh. not have to dial the area code. I know, because right? we all have mm-hmm. different area codes now. That's part yes. of our phone number now. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And cities that you always knew, 713 was Houston. Well, now I think Houston has maybe four area codes. It's Totally insane. Now every single person has a phone number, whereas back then every single house right. had a phone number. So that's, a, that's exponentially more phone numbers. Definitely. And um, the fact that each house only had one phone presented a whole nother set of unique circumstances right. that mm-hmm. our children will not have to experience, like 
calling their friend and praying that their friend answered the phone oh, and not their father or mother. And you'd have to make Older small brother. talk. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and you'd have to try to think of something to say while your friend was taking their time getting well, to the and phone. And there's etiquette there that we were taught that our children have no idea mm-hmm. about. I feel mm-hmm. like we should role play right now. Like, mm-hmm. hello? Yeah. You like, say, you could. Hi, may I please speak with Carolyn? Who's calling, please? This is Michelle. Just one minute. And then you put your hand over the receiver right. and you and yell. you'd be like, Michael, <laughs> Carolyn is on the phone. Yeah. And then they'd be like, he wants to know what you want. <laughs> Did they say that? <laughs> I just think just, that just well, minute, my kids today will ask things like, I can remember when they were both in high school and I'd say, oh, you know what? Call ahead to Pancake House and see if you can get us on the list, the wait list, because mm-hmm. you know we're going to get there and it's going to be 45 minutes. And they would panic. Mm-hmm. Panic. Oh, and my girls yes. are like yes. great public speakers. They were theater girls. They're competent. They would panic and ultimately they would refuse. They would say, I'll yes. wait 45 minutes. And I would say, are you kidding me? I was like, I'm not going to call. You need to call. And I would give them the script. I would say, you need to say, hi, yes. how long is the wait right now? And then if they say, oh, it's 45 minutes, you say, oh, is it possible for us to put our name on a wait list? And they're and like terrified they're going to say no. Yes, yeah. Or they're like terrified they're going to say no. Our kids today, I noticed, are terrified of speaking with someone else on a yes. telephone because they yes. don't know how. Even they're- someone they know. Even someone they yes. know. Whereas we were given an instruction booklet. Like right. I remember when um, my mom taught me when you call somebody that you would actually identify yourself. And you, I'm going to get my phone again. I actually have a phone. I'm putting on my ear right now. Mm-hmm. She has a really and cool orange telephone, hello, everyone. And I'd say, hello, this is Kristen Nilsson. May I please speak to Lizzie? <laughs> like that was, yeah. I had to identify who I was. And they would say, just a minute, please. Mm-hmm. Like there was a whole routine oh, that you yeah. went to. So we didn't have, we weren't scared because we had a script that we were yeah. taught and there was a proper way to do it. Right? Yeah. And everyone did it. Did either of you have to answer the phone in that way where you said, hello, Nielsen residents, Kristen's oh, speaking? Yes. No. Mm-hmm. Nielsen mm-hmm. residents. Yeah. No. We didn't we have to, hello. but I went through a little stage when I did it because I think I'd seen it on TV or something, and I thought it made us sound like all mm-hmm. waity-toity or something, <laughs> so that's how I was going to answer the phone. Did, did either of your parents, and I, for me it was my mother, had this um, had a special hello voice that she did? So anytime the phone would be ringing, she'd start clearing her throat <clears> oh. <laughs> anytime, and she'd go – so she could be like just talking to us normal and like say right now she's talking to us, and the phone would start ringing, she'd go <clears> – <throat> <laughs> hello <laughs> hello i'll never forget it hello it was kind of breathy and it was like hello and uh no and it would drive her crazy if a friend would just say is michelle there yes it's not that's not polite not like could i please yeah. speak hi could yes. i please speak with michelle that's better right. that's different mm-hmm. even if they don't identify themselves but she would just it just just burn it was her. rude yeah it was like is a michelle demand. there is michelle mm-hmm. there yeah. And it My is kind of rude, isn't it? Is Michelle yeah, there? it is a little Not curt. like, oh, hello. And think about it too. A phone conversation used to be kind of special and different. You know, yes. when we were growing up, especially if it was a long distance call. Oh, just yes. about to say, let's talk about yes. long distance. Yes. Saturday mornings, my grandma would call. Yes. It, well, because of course it was less expensive because That's we right. had to pay like by the minute. Um, and so you looked for those times when it was less expensive, like after 11 on mm-hmm. weeknights um, or yeah, the weekends. Uh, we mm-hmm. could not, Sunday evenings, we would 
call my grandmother, but every once in a while we'd mess up and it was during Lawrence Welk and she would oh. say, you have to call me back. <laughs> like she wouldn't even, I mean, it was a special conversation, but she still yeah. wanted us and to call her back. And you paid 50 cents for that. You right, to for her to say, call me yeah. back. Well, yeah, I remember waiting until after 11. We could call my yes. daddy Colette. Like when we wanted to call daddy, we would mm-hmm. say, uh, you know, the, and they would say a call from Michelle, will you accept? You know, because mm-hmm. probably because mm-hmm. my mom was like, I'm not paying for you to call him. Um, <laughs> Did so I just that? remember him saying, you can call me collect anytime. You can call me collect. Um, do you remember calling to RSVP? Like that's how oh, you yeah. had to RSVP yeah. to a party. Right now we have evites or you email somebody <laughs> you or you just click. Yeah, you text, yeah. you click a box. But you would get a party invitation and it would say RSVP to this number. And you would have to pick up the phone and say, hello, this is Kristen <laughs> Nilsson calling. I would like to RSVP to Lizzie's party, please. And then, oh, thank you, Kristen. And then she'd mark it down. Yeah. And Lizzie's mom had to field all those calls. Getting to talk on the phone was kind of this rite of passage. Like I have this vague memory of having to be a certain age before I could answer the phone mm -hmm. or I could actually dial the phone to call a friend's Mm -hmm. house. It wasn't just something that you just automatically got to do. For me, it was, I guess, learning those rules and the etiquette of using the phone. I think it was maybe even a brownie or a Girl Scout badge or something where you... Oh, um, I bet it was. You got to learn about Oh, I'm so, sure, yes. That's where you learned your script. You know what? Yes. I still have my Girl Scout mm-hmm. badge book, my juniors. I should look and see if it's in there. Yes. You know, you guys, there's so much. I mean, we could go busy signals, answering machines, all of this kind of stuff. Oh my God, I think I think machines. we need a future episode just on I think so too. Gen X telephone, you know, behavior and mm-hmm. everything we did because we don't have time today to get into because I'm thinking of all the other so, things. Yeah, I have so many more yeah, things on I the phone that our children just don't have any idea. So listeners, look forward to that. So if there's one thing that distinguishes Gen Zers and millennials, I'd say it has to be the sheer amount of photos they take and they know they can take and they don't hesitate to take because they can. Mm -hmm. And, and sure we Gen Xers certainly, I am speaking for myself, but I think everybody, we certainly appreciate the ability to take 58 photos of our brunch or 34 (laughs) pics of our cat sleeping on the couch (laughs) that she sleeps on every damn day. But when we were kids, it was different. We had these little metal rolls that contained something called film. Film. That's F film. I L M. Yes. Film. It was a little canister. And that's what was used to capture <clears throat> pictures on. It was magical to us. Mm-hmm. And our cameras were just that. They were cameras whose sole purpose was to take pictures. That's all that's they did. <laughs> that's all they did. They didn't video you, record. You couldn't they play a song on it. Nope. 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 That's all they did. And I tell you what, we thought our cameras were pretty wonderful. I bet all of us can remember our first cameras. Oh, yes. Oh, it was a sure. Christmas gift. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that meant deal. you were really grown up. It was like sixth grade, I think, I got my first little oh, I, Kodak Instamatic yes, camera. Yes, the Kodak when Instamatic. I was, Eight, mm-hmm. I think, nine, I got a Polaroid camera. And you guys, the <gasps> oh, fact that I could watch that thing, I got, but oh here's the thing God. it's a great gift, but it's the whole reason I've never gotten my girls those cool little cute you know, colored cameras when they were mm-hmm. little because I got the Polaroid camera with the box of film. And of course I burned through the film because how cool is this? And the film is really expensive and I don't yeah. have a job. I don't have, you know, I'm nine and nobody <laughs> ever bought me more film. 
That's Sounds so like my true. easy bake oven. Maybe yes. once a year I got a box yes. of film. So mm-hmm. it kind of sucked. Mm-hmm. But, so um, you take one one picture a month. Yeah, exactly. Um, but anyway, the camera, our cameras had a little door that opened to expose the inside. And that's where it would snap that little metal metal canister of film. And then, do you guys remember then, you'd have to pull out that tiny bit of film and oh, attach yeah. it to the other side and close yeah. the door really quick. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you'd pull you'd a little too much it. and you'd expose that first photo, yeah. but you mm-hmm. wouldn't know it until you got the film developed. <sighs> and let me explain those foreign words to any Gen Zers or millennials who are listening. Because once you had taken all 24 or 36 photos, that's all you could take. Remember, you couldn't take 124 pictures. Right. And don't or, be a dummy and buy a, like a roll of 12 photos. Yeah, don't buy no. the 12. It's no. either 24 or 36. You would go on like vacation and maybe you would bring two rolls of film. That meant you could take 48 yeah. photos on your entire vacation. But you'd have to take that little canister out of your camera and you'd have to drive it to the photo developing store. And then you'd have to put it in an envelope with your name and address and your phone number because, listeners, you knew those things by heart. Those are things oh, you knew. Oh, you did. You, yes. right. you knew your own phone you number. Your phone and number. So, you even knew mm-hmm. other people's phone numbers. You did not get to see or know what your photos looked like for a day or a week. I mean, you couldn't waste 15 Mm-mm. No, the pictures. scarcity. The scarcity right. involved. Uh, Liam actually has his grandfather's film camera, and he's really into it. And when he first – watching the learning curve of how he's learning to use this camera was hilarious because at one point he's taking pictures of like – the sky and some trees. And he was like, oh, that wasn't good. I'm going to take another one. And I was like, no, 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 no. You can't just take pictures willy nilly. You'll run out of film. Mm-hmm. And he was looking at me like this, this term run out of film. Yeah. He's like, what are you talking about? Remember the thing, the little strip that you put inside the camera that runs out. Yeah. Then you have to he buy more know. with money. Yeah. Right. Not with money. your phone. Right. You don't no. get to go buy it with your phone. <laughs> right. You have to have money, like paper money. You well, and think have. about it. Do they even know the origin? Like, why do we call a selfie a selfie? It's because it's only with this new technology that we can take photos of ourselves. Mm-hmm. We couldn't – you could try and turn your camera around <laughs> oh, and yeah. maybe aim it in the vicinity of your face, but you have no idea mm-hmm. if you're in the picture or not. Oh, yeah. Right? we used to, Brian and I used to try to do it all the time in college, and they would come out and it would just be a big flash, and then it would <laughs> yeah. be like half your face. Or a nose. It's yeah. just got right. your nose. Well, let's um, – um, speaking of flash, I want to backtrack a little to that Instamatic camera, Kristen, oh, yeah. that you were talking mm-hmm. about we got for Christmas. Because if you're like me, I got that little box. I think Michael Landon's picture might yes, have even been yes, on the front. Yes. And it had um, the pocket Instamatic, you guys, was this like long, rectangular, mm-hmm. slim box of a camera. And then uh, mine had this like long, what do I want to call it? Almost tube-like looking structure that you put a flash bulb on the top of, <laughs> and then you clipped this thing into the camera. So the flash bulb in mine didn't go directly into the camera. It was on this like extended thing that came out of the top of the camera. It also had a wrist, a little wristlet thing that you could clip oh, onto yeah, the camera so you could mm-hmm. carry it around. So we had the film, which in the case of an Instamatic was, you didn't have to, um, you know, thread it through. It was, if oh, you was remember, they cassette, were like, like it looked cartridge. like ovaries. Yes, I it was like, in my mind. Yes. Yeah. And you just clicked it in and it just went <laughs> over. Like, you know, it had like two round things on the, on the it did. Um, 
But yeah, so there was the scarcity of one, the film, because you only had X amount of photos. And then if you were going to take the photos indoors, you had only X amount of flashes. I forgot the flash the flash bulb. Oh my gosh. So, um, and you had to be really careful because if you were outside, you didn't need a flash bulb. So you needed to make sure you took the flash off because you would waste a flash. Don't waste it. Right. And so it was this little cube that if mm-hmm. I'm, I and think it would there turn. were just four on there. Yeah. And then yeah. They, oh, yeah, it would turn. That's yes. right. Mm-hmm. Um, also, and remember, you had to turn the film, too. You had to remember to advance, to advance the to film scroll. or yes. you double exposed. Uh-huh. Yes. It was pretty cool, though, when you finally got yes. the camera that did it for you. But it I was, was. going to say, too, there was an also automatic. 35 was different kinds of film. There were different yeah. speeds. Oh, there were different right. sizes. There were, so you could go and buy your film for a vacation, get to vacation, and be like, are you kidding me? I bought the wrong, like I bought 800 yeah. speed film. Right. Or something like that. Oh, the speed. That's right. Mm-hmm. You'd be like, do you get 100 speed? For like inside millimeter. Outside, uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Um, like, do you remember how Sean Cassidy talked about when he would do his concerts that when people's flashes oh, would run right. out on their cameras? Because <laughs> you'd have to take your flash off and put a new flash on. And these girls in their frenzy would take their flashes off and whip them at the stage. <laughs> and they were sharp. That's They're terrible. Sharp. It's terrible. That's not They love. were injuring him. I know. And they were doing it out of love. I so just remember going and picking up your pictures and how, like from oh. a birthday party and how, for me, it's just, I just have a feeling of disappointment. Like, oh. Always, always. And you oh. couldn't even wait. To, you would always look at them right there in the photo store. Oh, You'd yes. Like get that or in the car if you went through yes. the photo The photo, the photo mat. mat. Yeah. Right. That's right. You can't wait till you get home. And, no. And all of you get like one photo that was good, but also remember, we didn't throw away photos. So all those shitty photos where it's just your nose or halfway <laughs> exposed, you put them in the album. Well, all no, the or, photos went in the photo album, or right? you put them back in the sleeve, <clears throat> and then in the year that you never think is going to get here, twenty twenty three. And you move and you see that oh you have God. tubs and tubs. Oh you have literally thousands of photos that you decide to go through before you move. And then you give up because you realize 95% of them are just crappy, blurry pictures. And you know you should throw Garbage. them all out, but you don't have that kind of you don't have that kind of patience. Right. So you put them back in the tub and they're now they now reside in your basement. <laughs> and if you're lucky enough, photos. you have the double, you got double prints. So oh, you've got God. twice as many doubles. doubles. Yeah. Remember, you'd get doubles for free, and that was like yes. a big perk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. I really need two pictures of my nostril. <laughs> okay, so here's something that's interesting that I don't think kids have a good idea about. You know what we didn't have when we were kids? This term did not exist. Parent pickup. <laughs> There's no parent pickup. What do you mean? Because you didn't get picked up. You did not. Chauffeuring is a thing that we Gen X parents do. We Gen Xers, we line up in pickup lines. We chauffeur to games and practices and lessons and activities. We drive and we drive and we drive and we go through the drive through to get dinner quick before dropping our kid off at the next activity. Even just going to and from school, you have student drop-off, parent pickup. These are modern-day terms. You know how we got to school? We took the bus or we walked. That was it. The only time you got a ride was when you were getting picked up early for a dentist appointment. That's the only time your parent came to get you. You didn't even get rides to your games because guess what? Your parents didn't go to your games. You took the bus with your team and then you walked home or you took the activity bus. And when you got home, your parents said, how was your game? And then you told them how the game was. Sometimes they'd go to the big game, right? They'd go to the big game. And this is 
This is so hilarious. Somebody commented, JKSA says, my, I remember my sister and I riding our bikes to 6.30 a.m. swim practice at four and eight years old. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> riding their bikes. CPS. What's the statute of limitations on when we can four, call CPS? Four years old, <clears throat> eight years old, 6.30 in the morning, riding their bikes to swim practice. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, I remember once Andy shared with our kids that he remembers riding his bike on the first day of kindergarten all by himself. Yeah. And the kids were like, he, Mama didn't take you and help you carry in your school supplies. Oh my God. You know, no. that was the whole, and he was like, no. And we biked home for lunch and then he went, would ri- ride mm-hmm. his bike back to school. And they were just like, in kindergarten and on the first day. I mean, they were, <laughs> it was beyond their comprehension. It is beyond their comprehension. How could you ever do any of these things by yourself? By yourself. Well, that's because we didn't let them. Right. My dad says when he was in kindergarten, He's six years old, and his mom was working, and she was working late. And so instead of walking home, she needed him to work, to walk to her office. She worked for the phone company. And so she gave him directions, like, you're going to walk down this street, and when you get to school street, then you're going to turn left. And then when you get to this street, well, he's six, and he he must have missed a street or something. He said pretty soon he's in a neighborhood. He doesn't recognize it. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know where he is, and he's just wandering around the streets. Finally, a truck from the telephone company comes with a guy that he knows. You know, he's probably like the the telephone company guy. Like, <laughs> right. it's Bob. Here comes Bob. And so Bob comes driving down the street and he's like, hey, Gordon, what you doing <laughs> over here? And he's like, I can't find my mom. Uh-huh. So he puts him in the telephone company truck and takes him to the office. Now my dad will say he realizes, he didn't at the time, but he realizes now his mom was probably like, where is he? He must be lost. Bob, go get in the yeah. truck. Go find Gordon. <laughs> go drive around. I can think back. Um, you know, my sister and I would just spend a whole day on Saturday playing in like the, they were building new homes, like in a development oh, yeah. next to ours. And we would play in all the half built homes and we they would, would be like our ho- mm-hmm. house. We yeah. could tell this is the kitchen. You know, there are probably mm-hmm. nails everywhere. And we would play in those houses all day long. You would fall and, off the second story. Yeah. And my husband grew up in Half Moon Bay, California. And he says he remembers leaving in the morning, like say on a Saturday, and sometimes he'd be with his friend and sometimes just by himself. And it would be wandering in like the big sea grasses down by the beach. So Mm -hmm. he's like near the ocean. You know, they only Mm -hmm. lived like a couple blocks from the ocean. He'd go to the thrifty drugstore to get an ice cream. He'd be, he'd be, he'd have all these games. He'd do, he'd come home at dinner time. Yeah. He was maybe like seven years old, eight years old, but it was like, well, Brian's out playing. Yeah. And we were to stop playing. Mm -hmm. Speaking of safety, you guys, when we visit my dad in West Texas, we would drive from his little like one stop light, light town to the other town to go to where the big grocery store was or to go shopping. And it might have been 30, 40 minutes. And my sister and I would ride in the back of his pickup truck, sitting <laughs> up on the wheel wells, hair whipping yeah. as he's going yeah. like 60 miles an hour, woohoo, uh-huh. thinking it was so fun. And, and I think, you know, it's not any different than when I was with my mom back in, you know, Arlington, because I was climbing all over that car. I wasn't in a sitting with a seatbelt. I would lay in the back. I would climb from the front seat to the back seat. Like, I don't know. It just seems like seatbelts weren't a thing and car no. safety wasn't an issue. Until one day, my parents decided it was a thing. And they're like, everybody buckle up. And we were all like, 
what? Oh, <laughs> it was like the biggest travesty. Like, how can I live with this thing around my waist? I can't do it. Right. My grandparents lived in Southern Oregon, and we flew into Portland, and they came to pick us up. My parent, my grandparents were these really interesting people because they were very refined, artistic, educated people. But then they had this wild side too, where then they bought a ranch and became like ranchers. So they pick us up in their pickup truck, which is just a two seater, right? And I have, I have five people in my family, and so we all rode in the back of the pickup. It had a topper on it, so it was. <laughs> It was nice, but we like climb in with our luggage and we drove from Portland to Southern Oregon in the back of the pickup with the topper on it. It's a couple hours probably. Oh yeah. It's definitely a couple of hours. We're just like chatting back there. Do you guys remember when we did our road trips episode, someone said, I don't know, the comment was about something else, but then they just casually threw in there because my baby brother was on the floor. <laughs> yes, That's right. Right. And we were laughing like there weren't car seats. In no. fact, this family, they just bundled, they probably wrapped him up like a little burrito because he can't move around and they just set him on the floor. On between your mat. feet. You know what? If you put them yeah. between your feet, you can kind of like protect right. them a little bit. So Kristen, when your grandparents picked you up at the airport on that trip, did they come all the way to the gate to pick you up? Oh, oh hell yeah. And I bet my grandpa had a weapon. Like he probably had a gun in his holster. That's right. You took it out of the pickup. Yes. And he, he maybe he had a rifle. I don't know. He, he always carried a rifle when we were walking around the ranch. So a he's saber. probably like, well, I can't leave this in the car. Walking I'm going to bring saber. it inside. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They would go yeah. all the way in. Mm-hmm. And they'd yes. be wait. They probably got to the gate like an hour early oh, we to wait for did. us. So then yes. it's like a big party when you get off the plane. Yes. You go run into their yes. arms. Oh, my gosh. Yes. You know, my 28-year-old, though, still has very clear memories of walking to the gate <gasps> to meet. Does. Oh, yeah. To, I mean, wow. you guys, she was six at 9-11. Yeah. This is all post-9-11. She was six yeah. years old. My mom would come all the time to visit, or we would go to Arizona to visit my mm-hmm. mom. So she has very vivid memories. Of running to my, my mom. parents used to go to the airport for dates, yeah. and they would have a little dinner, and then they'd watch planes land. That's a great day. Yes, yeah, it was really fun. It's kind of an exciting place to be. Mm-hmm. It was very exciting. I wonder, you guys, do you ever wonder who maybe that actor is in the show you're watching? Or maybe you're in the middle of a good book and you wonder what else the author author has written. Or how about when you're arguing with your partner about which country Mount Kilimanjaro is in and you know you're right, but he's insisting he is. Guess what we had to do? We had a wonder. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Think about it. The end. Mm -hmm. Like now we can look up the answer immediately in our pocket computers known as our phone. But we had to wonder... And then we just had to fight with our partner about yeah. being right um, about where Mount Kilimanjaro is. But think about all of the things and on a daily basis that you wonder for less than a minute before you grab your phone oh, and seconds. you Google it, you look it yes. up, you go to the website to see how much it is. You say, gosh, I wonder if, and, and the word wonder goes through your head mm-hmm. 829 times a day. Oh, I wonder if anthropology has those pants in my size. Oh, I'm going to check really quick. Oh, I wonder if that book's at the library right now. I'm going to check really quick. And now whatever I you were if- doing is over. You were reading a book. And now, I, now, I'm, and now I'm Googling on my phone. 
phone mm-hmm. and I'm not going to go back because now I'm going to check social media quick. Mm-hmm. And, and now what, an hour later, I'm like, We're, oh, what was happening in my book? Yep. Yep. And what would you it's have had disease. to do for the for those two examples you said, um, you Michelle? Call the you would, library. You would call yes, the library. You store. would have to have picked yeah. up the phone and well, dialed it. First, and you would have to open your phone book. Phone book. To this find is true. Oh, that, where yes. the store, yes. you would have to, and you would have to know how to alphabetize because you have to find, you go to the yellow pages and where do you even find anthropology? Is it in the A's? Is it in the, under the mall? Is it, where is it? But anyway, you have to mm-hmm. call them and then you have to ask them. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. if you if you don't know if the library has it in, you probably have to go to the library. And then you have to look through the card catalog or you ask the librarian or you call the library. It's a process. It is a process, yeah. I will say that there's definitely a sadness of that we've lost that wonder. But this is definitely one of the things that I love, having the capability to know things and to know if that book's in the library and to get in on the whole the hold list. One of my favorite memories of my parents would be this exact example, being at the dinner table, you know, who was in that movie? And they would have this back and forth. Oh, wasn't he in that movie? Oh, and they would do that in front of us. And I just thought, it was the coolest little conversation. And I was amazed at how much they knew. And then my mom would know, oh, she used to be married to so-and-so. It was delightful. And yeah. it is still one of my favorite memories. Mm-hmm. And to your point, Michelle, it's like I got to watch my parents wonder and converse and figure this thing out kind of together in front of me. And I still cherish those memories. Maybe it's the only time they, I don't know, we're Will talking our, to each this other. This is scary. Will our brains <laughs> evolve to no longer wonder? Because your parents mm-hmm. were chewing on it, right? right? They're working it out. They're figuring it out. And eventually, by the end of dinner, they're going to land on it. Right. And that's a brain function. Are we going to lose that brain function? Will we evolve? And I don't lose know. That brain and, and you think about, and like I said earlier, this is one thing that I actually like. And I know, like Carol, I mean, think about it. You would never be able to go down a rabbit hole. If you, right. Because think That's about true. the way mm-hmm. your your process, because you have your computer in front of you and you can just keep clicking links and links and links and links. And you're like, look at all this information mm-hmm. I just found out. But at the same time, just the simplicity of not knowing, mm-hmm. unless it's something obviously that's, you know, life or death, like, you know. But we is, don't have to know all those no, things. No, and also right. it's dangerous. How many times have we gone on WebMD? That's dangerous. I would rather Mm -hmm. wonder. And how many, you know, we know our doctors, I would say 99% of doctors tell you, do not Google this. Do not go on WebMD. Yes. And Mm -hmm. we've all done it. Remember that Peter Brady, when he (laughs) uh, always think of Peter Brady, like, (laughs) Carolyn, you don't have all the information. Like Peter's Uh book, you know, pages were stuck together and whatever, Anacondia or whatever. Yeah. This lack of, of us wondering can be dangerous for us, Mm -hmm. you know, for that. But at the same time, I just feel like sometimes I just kind of want to not, it's exhausting to constantly have to feel like we have to know because we can. And sometimes I just want to not know. And that's okay. Your world is not going to end. It is not life or death, Mm -hmm. like you said, Kristen. And I feel like that almost is this underlying current of my whole life. It's just the sense of urgency, like the answer's available. It's there. You can find it. Go, go, go. And it's really um, doesn't sit well with kind of the way I'm wired. So I'm yeah. always feeling like I'm behind the eight ball and that yeah. I, I could do that next thing because it's available to me. So why aren't I doing it? Well, and it keeps you from connecting with whatever activity is you're, mm-hmm. if, even if you're 
even if you're watching a movie, you are no longer connecting with the movie when you're now Googling who that actress is. Exactly. When you are with a person, mm-hmm. I think our kids could attest to this. How often are our kids on their phones when they're with their friends? When you are, when you grab your phone, you're no longer connecting with that person. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Right. The secret life is enjoying the passage of time. Any fool can do it. Ain't okay, I'm really glad that you brought up the yellow pages, Michelle, because I don't think Liam knows what yellow pages are. The phone book alone, the idea that every person in a city was listed in a book with their address and their phone number for our convenience in alphabetical order, I think our kids would be shocked. I think Liam knows about the phone book. I don't think he knows about the yellow pages. What a wealth of information the yellow pages were. And I (laughs) use the hell out of the yellow pages. Mm -hmm. Because think about it. If you, in, in the era before GPS or the Google, if you wanted to find out where a store was, you had to go to the yellow pages and then you had to find the alphabetical listing of this business that you want to visit and you can see the address, but you're like, hmm, that address doesn't look interesting. I don't, that's not familiar to me. Okay. So I'm going to call them and you would call the store and you'd be like, hello, can you please tell me um, directions to your place of business? Where are you located? Yeah. And then they would say, well, tell me, where are you coming from? I'm coming from south of the city. Okay. So you're going to come up to 35W. I mean, this was a common occurrence. This is how we found how to get places. Mm-hmm. We talk to human beings. Right. Oh, I could go on a whole mm-hmm. just soapbox about that. Yeah. Yes, just the interaction that we yeah. had with other humans. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Like, what do they teach kids in school? Like, if they taught us how to alphabetize so we could use the right. phone book or so we could use the dictionary or so we could right. use an encyclopedia, kids today just have to know how to use their phone or the computer because. Let's say in 1979 or 1981, you had to write a paper on the murders of Charles Manson, which mm-hmm. is grisly, but that was a hot topic, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All that That's a report. Was. Sure it is. Yeah. Here's the process. Events. You have to go to the library. Mm-hmm. The actual building, the brick and mortar building. (laughs) You have to have someone drive you to the library or you have to ride. In my case, I rode my bike to the library. You then had to know how to use a card catalog. And you mm-hmm. had to know that because they they taught you that in school. So mm-hmm. then you have to look at the card catalog under M. And I know some kids today would be like, why not C? Let's just carry on. That's right. <laughs> right. That's a skill. That's a skill. Or you yes. might be looking for murder. Well, then you have to find mm-hmm. books. That's right. the subject. That's a different card catalog. That's the right. subject card. It is. It yeah. is a different. And you have mm-hmm. to know. You have to You have to find it in the card catalog. And then you have to know how to use that Dewey Decimal System because then mm-hmm. you have to find the books on the shelf. Or you have to get an encyclopedia, the M encyclopedia. And that's a whole different <laughs> thing. Right. And well, then- guess what? Your best friend is also at the library because that's also where you would go to hang out. If there was a research paper due, all of a sudden everybody was there. Mm -hmm. Someone else already took the M encyclopedia. Oh, no. (laughs) Or checked out all the books 
on yes, Charles yes, Manson. They're oh, gone. But yeah. what about if lucky you, you discover that there are many articles about the Manson murders from the year it happened, which is 1969, and they're contained on microfilm. Oh, oh the microfilm. Oh, and that's I not the same, Gen Zers, as camera film. <laughs> No, nope. these nope. are articles that are scaled down onto film that once you thread it to a little <laughs> film projector, you can see it, but it's teeny tiny and it goes really fast. Or maybe they're on a flat sheet called microfiche and you yeah. put it between these glass slides like a microscope. And then as you're zooming it around to try to find it, it's like lucky if you don't get a seizure because it's like going and so on a giant screen. I'm getting yeah. hives right now. <laughs> I'm getting hives. A I microfiche. actually, if it was, if it wasn't in like a bound journal. No, I know what you're talking about. The bound journal with all the articles. Right. Yeah. If the yeah, actual right. magazines Paper. or the articles yeah. weren't on the shelf and it was just on microfilm or microfiche, forget oh, it. I didn't available. do it. You went home? Not available. Oh my I God. did. I might have even chosen a subject based on what had the most journals, like hard copy things that I could find in the right, library. Right, because newspapers were not bound. Newspapers were only microfilm and microfiche. Don't even get me started on writing the paper. And, right. you know, typing it out and then white out and all that kind of stuff. That's, that's, oh, oh and footnotes. Poor us. I mean, now oh, God, the, kids the footnotes just, on the typewriter. Oh, you had to oh, stop in the right oh, place. Oh, so bad. You had to do the MLA or the AL. There was oh, like two styles yes. you could pick from. Mm-hmm. Oh, and the bibliography. And, and do you guys oh. remember sometimes you were pressed for time? And if you're on a typewriter and you've made a mistake and you put the white out and you don't have time to wait for it to dry oh, completely, <laughs> so you start typing too fast and that just makes a bigger mess <laughs> than it was. To begin with, it's so then you put more whiteout on, and then you and then you end up typing over basically a little whiteout mountain. So your your yes. paper has kind of like these big globs of dried whiteout, and so does the, so do the keys because if it wasn't yes, dried yes. yet, then the key mm-hmm. isn't all the way black because it yeah. still has the white. Yeah. And then on there's it. and then there's nothing you can do. You can't type on it anymore, and so no. you end up taking a ballpoint pen yes. and putting yep. a Y and an arrow <laughs> down to yes, where the yes. whiteout mound is. Yes. You're yes. blowing on the whiteout. Yes. <laughs> Oh, God. Or, like, I would do that. Like, I'd be trying to fan it. (laughs) So that's when you got that tape. That was really exciting. You know that tape that you could just put Mm -hmm. and you push the letter and it somehow So much better. Yeah, so much better. You know that Michael Nesmith's mom invented Whiteout, right? That's right. Michael Nesmith from The Monkeys. Yeah. Yeah. He's like a cabillionaire because of Whiteout. MTV episode. Yeah. Thank you, Michael Nesmith's Mm -hmm. mother. Yeah. We appreciate that. This conversation is making it very clear that Gen X parents and Gen Z children might represent the greatest generation gap in history. (laughs) Technologically, we actually lived very similar lives to our parents, with just a few exceptions. Things like our parents had a TV, but we had more TVs. They Mm. had a telephone. We might have had two telephones. But this gap between us and our children, it's because we had analog childhoods compared to our children's increasingly digital childhoods. It's like the dark ages compared to a futuristic science fiction novel. It's crazy. That being said, I also think that Gen X parents show more concern, listen harder, validate more, understand their kids better than any other generation in history of parenting. Ironically, Ironically, Mm -hmm. we're so separated from them, but I think we're so much more focused on them in a different way than our parents were. No disrespect, previous parents. (laughs) We're just doing it differently. We are more connected to our kids than any other generation that came before, for better or worse. We did not get to everything today, not even close. We didn't talk about maps and atlases and gazetteers. I had a gazetteer. Valerie from Instagram said... (laughs) I think I drank two glasses of water my entire youth. I mean, 
Right. Well, and Linda Chilton brought up a memory that our kids will never have. Hand-winding a wristwatch. Yeah, oh, my gosh. Watch. You had to wind your watch. Yes. And remember, yeah. you had to go like back and forth, back mm-hmm. and forth, yes. or you would break it evidently or something. So, yeah, there are a lot more situations out there. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. There's so many. And there's so many examples that listeners you gave us that we haven't gotten to yet. Yeah. And trust us, because we also came to this conversation with lists of things we haven't gotten to. I think we're going to have to do another episode one day. We're going to have a part two coming sometime soon in the future. Maybe next season. We'll see. I definitely foresee another episode of the Gen X slash Gen Z generation gap in our future. Stay tuned. Thank you, everybody, for listening today. And we'll look forward to being with you again next week. This episode today is brought to you by Laura and Allison, Susan and Christopher, Lisa, Barbara, Susan, And last but not least, Colleen. These are just some of the Patreon members and one-time donors whose support makes this program possible. Thank you. If you'd like to join them, go to our website and click on the support tab. In the meantime, let's raise our glasses for a toast, courtesy of the cast of Three's Company. To good times. To happy days. To Little House on the Prairie. Cheers. Cheers. Two glasses of water my whole youth. (laughs) The information, opinions, and comments expressed on the Pop Culture Preservation Society podcast belong solely to Carolyn, the Crushologist, and Hello Newman, and are in no way representative of our employers or affiliates. And though we truly believe we are always right, there is always a first time. The PCPS is written, produced, and recorded in Minneapolis, Minnesota, home of the fictional WJM Studios and our beloved Mary Richards. Nanu Nanu, keep on trucking, and may the force be with you.